right, welcome to another episode of Videopod. I'm TJ Stone. I'm Shane Glover. And today we are doing our very, very first uh, special host episode. Yeah. So we actually don't know what this is going to look like. It's an experiment for us as much. Apart from awesome, we're not sure where this is going. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think the idea is just to have a conversation yeah. like uh, like we normally do anyway, yeah, like totally. we were doing before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Now we just decided to hit the record button. That's it. But uh, Shane, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Oh man, it has been a little bit of a crazy couple months. Uh, obviously, as we record this, we're in the first week of December, so all the holiday stuff's happening. Um, but just uh, without getting into like the minutia, just stuff with youth, stuff with church, stuff with, um, I do some painting on the side, stuff with family travel. It's just been a little nutty. It sounds like a lot. Yeah. But, uh, I feel like I'm getting kind of falling back into a little bit of a, a groove, which I'm very thankful for. Cause I got, I got a little, little, uh, off kilter there for just a, half a second yeah and uh i think going too much work probably probably not too much work but too much mental space (laughs) yeah 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 just too much mental space being taken up all at one time for like a month yeah and i was like okay so i I think what happened was i was i knew i'd be taking a, a few days off to go home to indiana for thanksgiving so I just kind of push, 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 knowing that hey, I just yeah. and it kind of burned it above. Got ends. the best of me for for a second, but yeah, I've done that. I'm doing okay now. You know, anytime there's a deadline or there's something to work up to, I always feel like I really push it. Yeah, yeah, right. So, but apart from that, we're we're pretty good. We're uh, we'll be heading up to Buffalo for the uh, Christmas season. Nice. Uh, which will be really fun. Hopefully, we get a white Christmas up there, and then, and then leave all the white stuff up there. Yeah, and come back. Home. Yeah, yeah. Leave <laughs> it up there. How about you, man? What's been going on? Man, uh, well, since we last talked, uh, had our fifth anniversary mm-hmm. trip. Congratulations! We went to thank you Grenada, which which mm. <laughs> my wife was mortified that uh, that in our Thanksgiving episode where we were talking about it. Uh, we actually settled on calling it Granada, which apparently is incorrect. It is like Grenade, only not named after Grenades. Oh, really? It's Grenada. See, that was the first. That was my first experience overseas. Yeah. Uh, when I was in high school, you've been there. Yeah, I've been there. It was a mission trip oriented kind of thing. I don't know how long it's been a destination. Yeah. I don't know if it was then in the mid nineties. I doubt it. Because it felt very mission trip like to me <laughs> yeah yeah so when you said you're going to Grenada, i was like really okay well, are you going to build a house <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah um but yeah i think we call it granada so we were probably wrong yeah westerners usually get things wrong well southerners too yeah we usually add syllables not, right not take away syllables right. but uh yeah so now i guess in 2019 they have a couple of uh like totally Take Beach care of everything, type of resort yeah, type yeah. deals, and so we just hung out, uh, enjoyed their nice like ten, 
like four star restaurants oh, right on, right on. Yeah. You never have to leave the resort. Come but on. after two or three days of that, you kind of want to leave the oh, resort. Yeah. And that's when you actually see Grenada. Right. So we got to kind of tour around with a local guy that's lived there all his life and, and hear some of the history. Mm. Like they love Americans there for the most part. Yeah. Because they helped them oh, yeah, keep Reagan. their independence. Reagan hooked them up for yeah. sure. Yeah. So that was cool. Usually when Americans go other countries, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. It's funny. I still remember a, um, a pastor that we worked with down there. His name was Dennis Celestine. Hmm, that's a cool name. Yeah. I don't, I don't that's what's the What's Grenada's history? You know, they used to be part of the British Isles. Okay. So that's why most of them speak English. Right. But there's also a big French influence. I was going to say French. For some reason, I don't. Know I don't. Why. I don't know if they were ever owned by the French, but there's. It seems like the main language is a cross between like French Creole and English. It's a little Creole esque. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. So it's like if you only speak like the King's English, or you mm-hmm. only speak like proper French, you still don't know what the Probably crap they're talking you. about. Right. <laughs> uh, so you guys had a good time. It's great. We did. We had five days there. Mm-hmm. I come back and worked. One day, and then it was Thanksgiving break. Hello. Which, for one of the first times, uh, we didn't have to travel Mm -hmm. for. Um, So did lunch with my parents, who are in town now, and then we did like uh, a small group thing with with dinner with some of our small Mm. group people and uh, some of their family that we got to meet. Just kind of got grafted into a a big family dinner, essentially. That's great. So we just ate all day, and then... Of course. Was sick the next day from all the eating. Yeah. Did you watch the Bills win? <laughs> I saw bits and pieces. Yeah. Bits and pieces. I, I saw lots of postings from your family. I'm sure that you did. <laughs> sure you did. Well, man, I know that we were just going to kind of shoot from the hip here, and I, I uh, had mentioned to you briefly that I, there's something that's been on my mind for several months. Yeah. Actually, a concept or a uh, – maybe a maybe a different look at a concept and it really goes along with actually we just celebrated the first week of advent Mm -hmm. which of course correlates with hope yeah which until i went to journey i didn't really know what advent was yeah i didn't grow up with that i I didn't either i didn't either um and, and so i wanted to maybe talk a little about hope today okay and maybe we can start with what do you, what is your, when you hear the word hope, like what do you think of it? How, is it a powerful word for you? Is it like a, what do you think of? I think it's twofold for me. Cause first I know a number of people named hope, so oh. they come to mind. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but, but mostly what I think of is, I think of purpose. Mm-hmm. I think of purpose. I think of, I think of faith. I, I think faith and hope go hand in hand to me. It's almost like you can't have one without the other. Interesting. And uh, I know, I know, with the Advent and a lot of the Christianese, it's was it faith, hope, love, and joy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like your your cornerstones, right? Uh, I, I I feel like they all do kind of lead into one another, but I feel like faith and hope. They've been almost like brothers or sisters okay. or whatever. Yeah, I get that. Uh, but for me, hope is is like 
it's knowing there's something outside of me that is propelling me forward. Okay. I like that. It's something to aspire to, but it's also something to charge the engine in me that's going to get me uh-huh. to that place that's outside of me. Okay. So here, here's what I've been grappling with kind of internally. Hmm. And I've talked to maybe two people about this particular take on it. I heard, I was listening to a, a, a Rob Bell podcast and this, man, it's probably been a year actually now that I think of it, maybe more. And he had a guy on there named Alexander Shia, hmm. which I don't know a ton about him. He's had him on a few times and I love it every time he's on. Um, but he sounds, it's interesting because he sounds like he has some type of dialect or something. Mm-hmm. He speaks English, yeah, but it feels like there's some type of dialect or something. And then I heard, he's, and then he says he's from Alabama. I'm like, wait, what? That's not what you were thinking. <laughs> no, not even close. Uh, but um, he he made this comment, and it wasn't even the point of the podcast. It was just kind of a kind of a brief little offhanded thing. And he said, "You know, the deal with hope is that it places all of your." wanted happiness or or contentment it places it all in the future Mm. and so that's interesting yeah i've been thinking about that a lot that's almost even how i just described it a little bit that's how and honestly that's how everyone it's not bad yeah but that's how everyone describes it hope is kind of in general used as a word of man things aren't great or at least this particular thing in my life isn't great but i have hope and it's always like a things to come at some point this will be better at some point i'll be rid of this uh you know affliction or this pain or whatever it is which for a lot of people in traditional Mm -hmm. christian culture especially you can kind of sum up that is the entirety of their theology correct and that and that's that's and it's a big it's a big thing because as you just said a lot of our especially those of us who grew up in a, in a maybe more conservative yeah. christian background almost the bedrock of our of our faith which as you mentioned is kind of hope yeah is that your life may suck but hey it's supposed to suck jesus is coming or yeah. you'll you'll spend eternity with him one day so you just got to hold on that's our hope it's like I don't know. I don't know if that's how he would have described it. That doesn't seem like how he lived. No. And so the thing I've been toying with and been bouncing off people, <laughs> including Jamie, is what if what if a real true sense of hope was a a hope in the right now? The hope the hope that you have is in the fact that God is with you. Hmm. So, yes, for our for our finite and human minds, maybe something we're going through or have gone through, we we would we would kind of give the language of bad or um evil or whatever language we would give to something that we've been through. And it may be very true. Even even if that's our struggle, the hope is not that well maybe one day that'll be fixed. Yeah. And, and and maybe one day I'll be whole and maybe one day I won't feel this pain. No, the hope is 
that even in that, God's with you. Hmm. So it's about presence instead of things to come. I wonder. Hmm. I bring it up not to say that. Get to my conclusion. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> right. That's what it is. We fixed it. No, exactly. <laughs> but it's it's really resonating with me that so many of us see hope as a future. Is that thing. what you would say? You saw it as until you 100%. recently. Oh my gosh! I would have always said, "Well, the hope is that it's not always going to be this way." Yeah. Like it's going to be okay. Even if it's only in heaven. Exactly. Yeah. Even if it's in heaven or whatever you ascribe to, what's that word? Ascribe to happens at the end. Most likely it's going to be okay. And so you can rest in that. Just get through this life yeah, and things will be better. Um, and, and I just don't know. I don't know if that's how Jesus would have put it. Because you know we've we've talked a lot here at Journey that Jesus was constantly talking about how the kingdom of heaven is now. Yeah. And so I, I just wonder if the correlation. I mean, he never said this directly, but I wonder if the correlation of that that kingdom of heaven is in the present. Yeah. Well, then maybe the idea of hope is also in the present. Well, I think in order to even just on a personal level, get to that conclusion for yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think there probably is a continuum there somehow. Um, I think you have to be able to define what is the kingdom Mm -hmm. and how did Jesus talk about the kingdom? Sure. Like what constitutes the kingdom? Mm. What do you think? What constitutes the kingdom, I would say it's... It might be a little difficult to give that a an, a real answer because I don't know that it's a bullet pointed thing. Yeah. It's like a I think what constitutes a kingdom is is a way. Yeah. It's a way of life, it's a way of being, it's a way of living in the world, it's a way of seeing people. Yeah. Um that all can that I believe is all at your fingertips right now. Mm-hmm. Now we as humans it's hard for us to tap into that because yeah. we're so blocked our vision is so blocked by our ego. Yeah. Um, oh, that would be another way of saying the kingdom is probably an ego-less existence. Yeah, getting out of ourselves, yeah. which is that idea of being selfless. Yes. Well, I have to assume, too, that if we're saying that, that Jesus was the the if not the creator, probably the creator and the head purveyor of this new idea mm-hmm. of the kingdom, then he was probably in himself modeling mm-hmm. what living oh. into the kingdom was. Absolutely. So then the question becomes, okay, what did Jesus do? Right. Because, you know, you got the bracelets and all the things right. people for years were saying, what would Jesus do? Yeah. But... And my answer was, probably nothing you can do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not what I'm about to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Despite my best attempts. Exactly. Um, but there's grace for that. Absolutely. And I, I know that there's very, um, that there's quite a few passages of scripture where Jesus starts with, "You've heard it said." Mm-hmm. Um. Basically saying, 
this is what you've heard before. This is kind of what was taught to you. Um, but here's what I'm saying. And to me, those are glimpses as as best as we can get them into the kingdom. Yeah. So he so. says, you've heard it said to love your neighbor, and I'm telling you to love your enemies. Yeah. So when it comes to a practical thing of the kingdom, mm-hmm. that would be one, I would say. Yeah, and, and, and all of those things, he always took the standard mm-hmm. and he took it a step or two or ten beyond. Right. He always made it made it that much right. deeper and more difficult. But then he boils it down to like two things, essentially. Love the yeah. Lord God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Two things that we can never perfectly do. Right. <laughs> I want it'd be a good study probably to see if all those statements that Jesus made like that, if every single one of them connects to those two. True, but I wonder if every single one of them would be things that require you to basically negate your ego. Loving your enemies definitely does. Yeah. Hmm. That's I'll, a good I'll have question. To check that out. You know, off the top of my head. I'm leaning towards probably yes. I bet so. Yeah, that would be my hypothesis. Interesting. We'll have to check it out. Yeah, we'll do the research. We don't have researchers yet. Yeah, we'll do a fact check later. Yeah, y'all, y'all can do it on your own. That's right. Email us. Let us know. Um. So, with hope, the issue the issue that I keep having with it in my head is that when you view hope as a future thing. The inverse of that, so essentially what you're saying by saying that my hope lies in this future, you know, perfection or, or future betterness. As my present is hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot be happy. I cannot be content. I cannot be any of that in this moment. I can't. But I have hope that one day I can and I just don't know that that's how Jesus would approach that. I I feel almost certain that that's not how he would approach right. it or talk about it. So at what point did that become a thing with our human understanding? Why why was he talking seemingly very plainly mm-hmm. and simply and saying, okay, well, this is what it is, but this is what I'm telling you it is. Right. And how have we made that so difficult to understand? It, I, that's a good question. Certainly, certainly interpretations of Scripture. Yeah. But those are always tainted a little bit with, you know, what we what how we see the world. Yeah. But but certainly we've. We, when I say we, uh, sh- certainly the conservative Christian base, evangelical Christian, maybe even w- would, uh, like I said, a lot of our hope <laughs> lies in this future thing. Like God's going to make it all better. Yeah. So. And that come from the very beginnings of the oh, church, yeah. even with the Jews that had been persecuted for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like. 
yes, this is the blessed hope of a Savior. We want him to take the reins of government and, you know, raise up the armies, right. the holy armies, yep. and, and overtake it and so that we can finally be the, the ruling class on top because we've been eating dirt for so long. Yeah. And I think that's even comes from a place of ego. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. I um, One thing that comes up is, is, of course, the famous scripture, Hebrews 11, 1, that says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for, mm-hmm. and an assurance about what we do not see. Mm-hmm. And I was having a conversation saying with someone about that particular scripture saying, so if faith is the, uh, I think the way I always learned it was the evidence mm-hmm. of things hoped for and the something of things not seen. I can't remember. Assurance? Yeah, that wasn't, the way I, the way I learned it growing up wasn't assurance, but it was something else. Anyways, doesn't that feel like the, the Bible's putting that in a future thing? I was like, I don't. I don't think you have to read that as a future thing. So faith is the evidence of things hoped for. To me, that's almost saying what you said before, that faith and hope are kind of linked a little bit. I'd say a lot bit. A lot Just bit. if you're basing it on that verse, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it is kind of like you can't have one without the other, yeah. it sounds like. And I think this is a very... Um, I don't know if it's a metaphor, but it's very much a, uh, it's not scientific. I mean, faith is by, by definition, not evidence, <laughs> right? Yeah. So what, and you, yet it is the evidence of something. Yes. How do I want to say that? But you can't prove it with evidence. Right. It's evidence it's an unquantifiable evidence mm-hmm. of belief in something. It's not physical evidence. It's not physical I guess we evidence. Put it, that way. Um, it would be like, like in law, it would be like circum, not circumstantial evidence, but like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like through testimony. It's not like hardcore. Like right. this is the physical thing I can, right. I can see, and yet you can see it in people. Mm-hmm. just as quantifiable for the human experience as something you're holding in your hand. Do you think anyone has faith outside of something they've experienced? So, yeah, unpack that. So in other words, we we can say that we have faith in something. Mhm. But do, would you submit that most likely a person's faith is largely impacted or um, almost, if, if I haven't had an experience mm-hmm. where something happened and whatever language you want to put to it, God came through for me or you know this worked out, blah, blah, blah. So now I have faith going forward because I've had that experience. If you've never had that experience where God has quote unquote come through for you Mm -hmm. or done something for you and you look back and say, Oh, okay. He was, he was in my corner. He was Mm -hmm. with me the whole time. 
where you can look back yeah. and the Do history and connect the dots. Do you think there's such a thing as faith when you've had no experience? I, I see what you're saying, and I've experienced what you're saying in people. But I think it's deeper than that. I, 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 like, yes, I have seen people, and I even teach kids now who have, have who just are young, mm-hmm. and they have not had as much experiences, mm-hmm. and they haven't had, like, a personal like I felt God experience, and so they question their faith because all their faith is is, is what's been handed to them. It's not their faith. Mm-hmm. It's their parents' faith. It's their pastor's faith, and they haven't owned it yet because they haven't had that personal sure. relationship. Sure. Um, but I would argue that faith is a part of the human experience, and even those that we would call faithless have just as much faith. Of course. It's just a faith in... We have faith in something. We all have faith in something. Even atheists have a strong faith in their belief that there is no God. And they will tell you about it more than most Christians will tell you about God. Yep. And that's a whole other sidebar. Because I think the the half-step difference between an atheist and an agnostic is always a negative experience with the church. Mm-hmm that they yeah. personally experienced. Most likely. And that is an experience that has led to their faith in the inverse. Yeah. It's their faith not in God because I had a negative experience sure. with people who were mm-hmm. coming to me in his name. I've also met people who struggle with the idea of God and maybe it's not a personal experience, but it's a you see the devastation and Mm-hmm. Just grossness around the world, yeah. And you wonder how could how could God allow yeah. pain and suffering? Right. And, and that's I think that's another avenue that people the universal questions yeah. mm-hmm. of like there can't be a right. God in this right. this godless place because yep. a God would never allow bad things. To right. Happen. But I think that's looking through a human finite of understanding. Course, yeah, of course, it is. That that's assuming that the purpose of existence is to acquire perfection. Right. And I think that's the antithesis of the purpose of existence. Sure. Because if that was the purpose, then God could just create a bunch of clones of himself right. and right. you know, he'd have a bunch of people to chat to. Right. But he wouldn't need to because totally. they'd already know what they're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah. And then of course there's the whole you know it, it's all dualistic for one thing. So we'll just preface it with that. But with there's the whole argument that well, without bad, there's not good. Yeah, the yin and yang. Yeah, I mean every, every literally every religion, every culture has th- that concept right. of this duality. Yes, and this duality, which I think we see the evidence does exist even in every person. Yeah, there because that I believe is the evidence of free will and choice. Mm. You know, without without choice. You can't really own your decisions. You can't own your faith, mm-hmm. in quotes. Um, and really, your journey is not your own without that. Yeah, totally. There's a there's a uh, a book by um, what's his name? Paul Young. Paul. Carl Young. William. I always get it mixed up. Paul. William P. What's P. The William book? Young. I can't remember. It's the guy that wrote The Shack. Oh, yeah, The Shack guy. Something young. And there was another book that he wrote called 
lies we believe about God. Mm. Yeah, I've heard of this one. And it's essentially a collection of essays that he wrote over a certain amount of time. So literally each chapter is one of his essays on a, on a particular, what he calls lies that we believe about God. Mm. And, and one of them, the title of the chapter, title of the essay is God is in control. Hmm. And I was like, whoa, what's this going to say? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's um, upsetting the apple cart for a lot of people yes, just it is. in the title. Yes, it is. and But it speaks to what we're talking about right now with we are, are we really meant to believe that God is pulling the trigger on on babies dying and on, you know, cancer and on typhoons and on earthquakes like he's just they're like pulling triggers like yeah take that take that take that or are we to believe that this just sucks yeah and it's just life and he's not up there you know pushing buttons but he certainly redeems all things yeah I don't know it's a really good question. Actually, your your brother-in-law once put it uh, to me and my wife in, in a way that really resonated with us one time. Because uh, my wife, you know, struggles with chronic pain. She's, yes. she's done that since childhood due to a, a breaking her ankle mm, and, mm-hmm. and never fully healing properly. Uh, so chronic nerve pain. And so one of her biggest faith issues is is really wrestling with does God cause pain and suffering or does he allow pain and suffering? And it was always this duality. It has to be one or the other. Oh, yeah. And the way Jamie phrased it, which really helped us open up to the idea that there is beyond that dual idea, is he said, I think God curates pain, which, (laughs) which is not as active as causing. Right. And it's not as passive as allowing. It's he's in it all, and he's using it to bring us to awareness and to bring mm. us to experiences mm-hmm. that without the pain we would not get to. Right. And that's totally reframed the way we've looked at all of how God interacts. Right. Just even beyond pain, just with everything. Yeah, because I've never, and, and again, this is, there's so much that goes into this, my upbringing, my personality, all of that, my lens, but I've always struggled with, the idea of him causing it or allowing it. I'm like, yeah. And it's, it's always not those very comforting. two. Yeah. It's either this or this. That's right. It's Coke or Pepsi. Oh, well, if I want Dr. Pepper. It's always those things because the, the only other alternative is that he's not really in control of that stuff. And like, well, you can't, you can't say that. Well, then the curating thing is kind of somewhere in the gray of all of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the non dualistic yeah. answer. Which I'm fully willing to o- hold open-handedly. There's two or three or a million different options in there, too, that could all be partially true. Yeah. I love this conversation. Me, too. <laughs> because there's no clear-cut answer, and we all have to be okay with it. And I've learned over the past few years, especially, just to be... I almost thrive in on in the not knowing. Yeah, the mystery. Like, it's almost better for me to not know yeah but it is a hard long road to oh, get yeah. there oh it is yeah it is it takes a lot of sucking too. and i get that people 
I, like I, I have compassion and I totally get that people can't get there. Yeah. Um, and there's moments like, why would I have faith? Why would I believe in something if I'm not even sure it's true? I'm like, yeah, I got to get that. Yeah. I get that. I think you can believe it's true. There just has to be a, in my opinion, there just has to be a, some level of this is what I think. This is what I believe to be true. Obviously, if I believe it to be true, then I think it is true. But there has to be some level in there somewhere of like, but it could be not. It could be not be a hundred percent. Yeah, because if you totally always, always say that what I believe to be true has to be the truth, right? Then that's kind of setting you up as your own god. Yeah, absolutely. That says I yep. am omnipotent. Yep. <laughs> you know, I I know all. I see all. My opinion is yeah, right. That's right. And I I mean, anybody that's walked a couple miles in life yeah. re- realized that uh, no, you're wrong a lot of the time. Oh yeah, that's, that's <laughs> sometimes you need to be wrong. Right. Yep, because <laughs> the way you're seeing it ain't right. Yeah, that's so good. Um, so we we branched off here a little bit. We were getting to the evidence. Mm-hmm. We, we started with the evidence and kind of went to here. Um, faith is the evidence of things hoped for. The evidence of things hoped for. What does that mean to you? What is evidence, first off? I I don't know. That's a really good question because the very first thing I think of with evidence, I think of law, obviously. And so I immediately think of something physical. Mm-hmm. When I read this, then if I think about it for a second, I'm like, obviously he's not talking about physical proof of something. Um, so then I think it's a very subjective thing, mm-hmm. a very to the person thing. Like it's the evidence of things hoped for. And so hoped for, I think to start with hoped for, what do you think he meant by hoped for? Is that speaking to heart's desires? Huh. Yeah, yeah. probably, maybe. It, I mean, there's passages that says that God will give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. Is that not things hoped for? You'd have to think so. And yet, can we not all <laughs> say that there's things that we've hoped for and not gotten? Of course. And that was my other... <clears throat> issue with hope anyway was I probably didn't lead with it because I didn't want it to sound like you know a sour grapes argument like yeah. you shouldn't hope for anything because it just nothing ever works out yeah it's like that's not really why I'm battling with this with this concept in my mind but there is a true reality to is something hoped for in the future and it doesn't turn out that way. Is that false hope? Is that maybe not false hope or not true hope? So in other words, what do you what do you do with oh my hope is in this and then it doesn't mm-hmm. work out? And not not like my hope is that I'm gonna have a a Ferrari yeah. in two years. That's a goal, maybe. Not something like that. But like what if what if like what if the hope is more um, altruistic than that? Like, I have this affliction, and my hope is that, you know, God's going to heal me. Yeah. And he and he doesn't. Yeah. 
than where we left with hope. Yeah. If that's our definition of hope. Yeah. I think I think it's hard to divorce the ego from these concepts too. Really close to impossible. <laughs> yeah. Because what my ego hopes for and what I hope for when I'm fully leaning into my ego is very different things and ideas than what when my heart is centered in Christ, what that hopes for. Mm-hmm. Like what my ego hopes for is usually things that are going to make me comfortable and secure mm-hmm. and even raise me up in some way so that it can stroke that ego. Yep. Uh, but that was never the way that Christ led uh-huh. or, or right. you know, showed by example. That wasn't the life that he modeled. That wasn't the Christianity that I think he was trying to allude to. Mm. Um, and in my best moments, when I'm really in Christ, which I think is to be out of ego, which I think is to be leaning into that selflessness, mm-hmm. what I hope for is never for myself. It's always a desire outside of me that is either for others or for Mm. a community, for just, you know, love to pervade in a space. You know, it's all good things that I think, going back to what we were talking about earlier, are things of the kingdom mindset. Right. And I think those things that we hope for are the same things God's hoping for. And when mm. we're doing that, we're connecting to that part of Christ and that spirit, that Holy Spirit that is within us. Um, and so that's when we are aligned with Christ hopes. Mm-hmm. And Christ, the the whole purpose of always being in the process of redeeming all things mm-hmm. is the things Christ hopes for are going to be the things that come to pass. And when we're in alignment with his hopes, through him working in us... Those things are going to be the desires of the heart that he's going mm-hmm. to give us. But we got to get out of ourself. We got to get out of our head, out yeah. of our ego. There's no doubt. I just had this thought that <clears throat> based on the definition of, of hope being tied to an outcome, yeah, there have been evil, manipulative leaders, people who have used hope health and wealth gospel yep that i was even thinking like political oh, world yeah. world leaders who have oh, used yeah. quote unquote hope yeah to control people mm-hmm. essentially pretty much every dictator yeah and that, so i'm wondering if true hope if we see it as my hope in this life comes from Believing in God's presence. Hmm. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what the outcome is. It feels like to me that's truer hope because it can't be tainted. Why can it not be tainted? Well, it can be if you let it. But I'm but like if I say, you know what, my hope is do what you want to me, man. My hope is in the fact that God is with me. Yeah. And that God loves me. Like, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. 
it's my if I unless I choose to yeah say no I don't believe that yeah there's nothing to me it feels like and I could be wrong to me it feels like a truer hope because it can't be manipulated so that you you can't you can't really take that away from me yeah like you can hold out hope if if my hope is in outcomes then you can promise me an outcome and, yeah. I, and then I, you can build up my hope and I can be like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I want to follow this guy because this is what's going to happen and we can actually have hope in this world. Yeah. And then you're... I think that's where we as humans get the idea of hope and hoping for things all kind of jacked up mm-hmm. is because even in the way we pray, we pray for the mm-hmm. things, the things, the specific mm-hmm. things, specific outcomes, a specific way that things are going to have to happen. Yep. And his ways are higher than our ways and greater than our ways. And they're pretty much never the way that we think it's going to happen or should happen. Right. Or that we're praying for. That. Yeah. Right. So if he were to answer those prayers, it would actually not be beneficial to us because usually the way he ties it all up is so much better and so much more creative uh-huh. than I would have ever thought. True. And also... And is that a loving God that would allow us to pray for things that aren't as good as the things he has for us? True. And maybe there's an idea of... If everything is geared toward the person being able to accept the present reality for what it is, yeah, and have hope in the present reality, if God was just a genie granting all your wishes, there'd really be no reason to be present in this moment because you can just say, "Oh, I don't like this." Yeah. I'll pray for this and he'll give it to me and then things will be happy. Then yeah. you realize, Oh, I, you know, that didn't really, that worked for a couple of minutes. I, I need to pray for something else and then I'll be happy. Yeah. And so in a way, answering prayers like that, as if God were a genie or some kind of, you know, Santa Claus type of thing, you ask for something and he gives it to you. Then there, there's, there's the zero incentive to really be content in your present reality. Yeah. And I would say that that would be a bad father. Yeah. I mean, you know, as a parent of three children, that you can't always give a kid Mm -hmm. what they ask for. No. Because they don't actually know what's best for them and what they need. And how are we any different to God, who is so much, knows so much more about the universe and what's in place, the plans that are in place, than we do. Yeah. If he were to just give us everything we want, uh, it, it wouldn't be what's best for yeah. us. And two, assuming that we know what's best for us, mm. and that's the thing I need, that's the thing I want, that's that's just setting ourselves up to be our own gods again. Yep. And, and you know, there's this, there's uh, the biggest thing right now on the radar, um, a youth pastor, and so obviously it's on my radar. The The biggest thing right now for teens in America is depression, anxiety, 
suicidal ideation, all that stuff. So much higher than it ever used to be. Yeah. And I would assume in most cases that it, it at least to at least plays a part in it is this is the hopelessness thing. Yeah. Like this is how I am. It's never going to get better. There's the, really no point. It's the feeling and perception of hopelessness. Because yes. I would argue there's never actually hopelessness. Well, yes, if... It's people's experience of that. To me, I, I agree with you. And to me, it kind of it kind of fortifies my position on... No, the hope is now. The hope is in the now. The hope is... The hope that we have is that God's with us. And yeah, I get that, like... Your life, parts of it, are not good. And what you're dealing with is awful. But just know that God's with you. Yeah. Like, just know that the presence... And that's hard. And I get... I I, I hear what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's very um, intangible yeah. and... Christian-y. A little Christian-y. It's yeah. a little... Um, hard, you can't wrap your hands around it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you can't wrap your hands around... A future hope either. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's easier for humans to aspire to a thing that's out in the distance mm-hmm. and to say, okay, that's the thing. Because it takes away responsibility for us to be present with ourselves, with our feelings, right. and really know what our heart is leading us to. Right. And until we know that, the irony is we'll never get out to those things that are in the distance that we're hoping for. Right. Or let's maybe you do, like in a specific situation, you say this, I'm hoping, my hope is that one day this is going to happen. And how many times have you heard the story? You get there, and it actually did happen, and you're happy about that for a minute, and but it's fleeting. Yeah, it's like, like the success hope, stories. Hope, like it doesn't seem like a good life plan to be just constantly hoping for the next thing and just have to keep rebooting and rebooting and rebooting. Yeah. Like, okay, here's my new hope that this happens. Okay, now, okay, now here's my new hope that, and it's the same thing. Like, we tend to, uh, well, I do for sure. Um, but in our misery, sometimes we tend to need something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I just got to get to this such and such. I can go on vacation or I just got to get to such and such. And, you know, get this bonus and I'll be set. And it's like, you always have to put another carrot out there Yeah. of quote unquote hope. Yeah. I think there's an underlying concept behind this that I kind of like to demonstrate just cold. If you're cool to go along with this exercise that might hey, seem stupid in the moment. See what happens. Okay. This is something we did in a, uh, discipleship, program I was a part of for a long time. And it was to get down to really what the core desire Mm -hmm. is of our heart behind the things that we're hoping for. So you just pick any one random thing you're hoping for, and we'll do this exercise with it. Mm. Uh, Probably my biggest hope which I probably wouldn't have used the word hope for this, but desire or goal mm-hmm. would be to to 
get to a healthy version of me physically. So to be more lose weight, be more physically <clears throat> fit, be more energetic. Yeah. Okay. So, and if you were to get more physically fit, what would that give you? Uh, more energy, um, less self-consciousness at mm -hmm. certain times. I don't, I don't always walk around being self-conscious, but there's moments. Mm -hmm. And so I think I'd have less moments of being self-conscious about how I feel, how people see me. Mm -hmm. um, and then the energy thing is a big, big one. Yeah. So if you were to have more energy and less self-consciousness mm -hmm. about your physical fitness, mm -hmm. what would that give you? I think it would give me a, a little more confidence to take a little more risk to um, maybe do things that at moments I feel like my current state holds me back from. Mm. Um, and I don't have like a concrete example of that necessarily, but it's just a feeling that I have. Like I wonder if there's something out there that I'm meant to do with my current set of like gifts and abilities mm -hmm. that's being held back because of, of this thing. So like a limitation. Yeah. So if you had more confidence because of more physical fitness, mm -hmm. so less limitation there, what do you feel like that would give you? I think it would give me a wider field. I think it would... Um, I mean, I don't really know. The only answer I can come up with is give me it would give me like a wider, wider field to play in. A a uh, um. Again, it's hard to say because it feels super uh, abstract. Like the feeling that I have mm -hmm. of what it could look like. There's not like a specific yeah. goal I have in mind, but it just feels like I would have a completely. Uh, different opportunities in life, different, um, I, I just have this nagging feeling of wondering, like, I wonder if opportunities to do what? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. I, uh, positive opportunities. It sounds well, yeah, like, yeah, sure. Um, opportunities to it, it all, no matter what the opportunities are, they always lead to, in my mind, something that drives me is a connection to people, mm -hmm. a compassion for people, and an empathy for people, and a desire to free free up people. So whatever the opportunity is, uh -huh. it's in that field. Okay. And I feel like I'd have more... 
if you were more physically fit, you feel like you would have more freedom of opportunities mm-hmm. to... And maybe credibility is another word. Credibility. Okay. Credibility to speak into people's lives, which as I say it is, I get that it's a total perception thing, but. So if you had more credibility, (laughs) I don't know how this is going to (laughs) end. I don't either. That's the fun of it. It it gets a little annoying, but it has to get annoying. No, it's not annoying. I just don't know how else to. Go ahead and ask your question. So if you had more credibility to speak into people's lives, what would that give you? I would say credibility and opportunity to speak into people's Mm -hmm. lives. Uh Uh-oh. You have a thing? Uh I think so. Oh, what's the thing? Sense of worthiness. Oh, that's a good one. Worthy of what? Worthy... Um, not worthy in the sense of, of like earning something, but worthy in the sense of purpose, I think worthy Mm. in the sense of, it will give you purpose. You are, this is why you're here. Mm. And there's certainly, that's, that's a big part of why I love what I'm doing right now is because that's a, a, a major, if not the one goal is to be able to speak into teen, you know, students' lives, our leaders' lives, parents' lives. So that's certainly a reason, a big reason why I love what I'm doing. Um, so it sounds like it gives you purpose to give other people purpose. Mm-hmm. And you feel like what I'm hearing is if you were more physically fit you would be able to do that better and you feel like there'd be more opportunities to do that and you could do it more effectively. I think so. Whether that's true or not, that's my perception, yes. So that would, in turn, give you more of a sense of purpose than you already have. Yeah. Which I would say that's a core desire, a desire for purpose. Oh, I agree with that. And that's what the exercise is for, is to get down to what the to real what core the real desires is, yeah. are. And I think when we're hoping and we're praying and when we're doing all these things, we're doing it um, without the recognition of what the actual desire behind the sure. thing is. And so that's why it's helpful to do exercise. There's other exercises to get down to that. There's journaling exercises. There's right. things. But if we're not taking the time to contemplate, you know, what is it really that I'm desiring, mm-hmm. what's behind it, and and deconstruct it, deconstruct it down to the bare sure. bones because you can only go so far. I don't think you can really go beyond purpose. You you might get one level deeper, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there, there, yeah, there's still. I already have questions coming to my mind about that whole thing. Like, oh, so you don't think that? Okay, let's you, let's go you, one you, more. You think that that you have no purpose or worthiness beyond? You know, I'm you're curious. getting physically maybe fit. There is, maybe, maybe there is one more deeper level. I don't so, know. so if you were to have more of a sense of purpose, what would that give you? Uh, 
That's tough. That is tough. No, I, I agree that that might be the court thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it might not be free up from ego. Yeah. Well, that's always possible. Right. And and so I'm not saying there's something below that, but I'm just saying now I'm analyzing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what's that about? Yeah. Why is that a core thing for you? Hmm. That's all. Yeah. That's I'm a good sure thing to, to wonder about. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I need to work through that. Journal about. Yeah. So just what this exercise just kind of demonstrates, I think. And thanks for being willing to do that. Oh, yeah. I love stuff like that. I do, me. too. I do, too. Anything that gives me deeper insight about yeah. myself, I mean, I'm all about it. Yeah, me, too. Because usually I'm head so much in the clouds, I got to intentionally do things to get it mm-hmm. kind of back into a space and to really yeah. examine. Totally. Where What's the intention? What's the heart behind it? What's the desire? And so going back to the conversation about hope, yeah, I think it's just, I think hope is inextricable from our desires. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. And I don't, I think there's, there's a little bit of degree of separation from hope is our desires. But I think they're linked. What do you think? I think that assuming that that definition of hope, that yes, they're 100% linked. Yeah. Just like I think faith and hope are linked. Yes. But I would say a hope that I wonder if I wonder what the I wonder what the delineations of hope if there's a few different layers of hope maybe that's true too. Let's see what Webster has to say. Because to me, if you if you you can use the word hope as a desire for sure. Yeah. But also, there's a bigger, broader thing of just general hope in this life. Yes. So I don't know what the difference. I think would desire be. is one of the shades of hope. So mm-hmm. Webster describes hope as to it's an intransitive verb to cherish a to cherish a desire with anticipation to want something to happen or be true such as hopes for a promotion hoping for the best I hope so and it comes from an archaic uh, word that actually literally meant trust okay. And so I have no, like, no qualm with that definition. Like, I don't think it's wrong to have a hope or a desire. Yeah, and that, even put desire in, in that the definition. Want, that you want this thing to happen. I think that's great. Yeah. I think it's just the, I think my issue isn't with that kind of hope. It's with the, uh, what meaning you give to it. Hmm. Unpack that a little bit. So in other words, if, if, and I'm, and I'm using extreme language, like if the only way I make it through this life is because I'm going on vacation in two months, I'm just like, that's no way to live. Yeah. That's not real. That's not hope. Your hope lies in this break. From yeah. your sucky life. 
Yeah. Like that's not that's that, no way to live. That's not being present. Right. That's not that's being checked out of your life. And and I and I think the that's the same mentality that my my upbringing gave me was your life is going to suck. You're going to struggle. It's going to be awful. Awesome. But the hope is yeah. At the end, yeah. You're going to be with Jesus. It's like how is that any way to live? And I just don't think... How do you not get depressed at some yeah. point living yeah. into that existence? Yeah. And do we honestly feel and think that Jesus would want us to live this existence that that by all accounts, even the angels are cover, coveting mm-hmm. this experience that we have mm-hmm. here? So it's it's a precious thing Yeah. that, that not every <laughs> being in the universe gets to have. And it's not just a hope in the end of life. Sometimes it's a hope in some people. I've heard so many times people say my hopes in Jesus and what they're meaning is, is that he's going to make it all better. Yeah. He's going to give me what I want. Yeah. He's going to make this better. Yeah. I was like, well, I've seen lots of times where he did not. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, this is a finite existence. Something's going to take us out of this world. And there's going to be purpose to that just like there's purpose to everything else it's going to interlink like this quilt that we never get to see the full Uh image of and because i have trust because because i have as you said can look back i have enough experience at this point to look back in my story and see all the ways just that even that i can see Uh that god has interwoven my story into this tapestry i never would have you know all the connections the synchronicities the idiosynchronicities Uh You know, and that's just the little, the little sliver that I can see. I have to know that everything, including death, mm-hmm. has a purpose, and it, it's all woven, and it's all for the best. And that is faith. That is faith. Because you can't prove necessarily that everything you've gone through is, is working out in this big thing. I can't prove it to you. I've already proven it to me. Right. Yeah. That's Yeah. So the evidence thing to me is not a, you know, this is what I believe and here's why. Yeah. Or, you, yeah, I can tell you here's why, but it's not going to be like a... It's not going to convert you to my thinking. Right. It's not evidence in a courtroom sense. Because like it's experiential. Fact or not fact. This yeah. is... No, this is... I. I think it's great that you believe that. Yeah. I, but you can't. It it wouldn't be faith if there was like a concrete evidence. Yeah. And like yet, a factual evidence type of thing. And yet, there are thousands of Christians out there mm-hmm. trying to convert non-believers with apologetics, right. trying to appeal to their ego right. and their brain and their intellectualism. Yes. And that never takes. No. I mean, it can it can do the seed of taking, but right. something else has to happen for that to really take root. Yeah. Hmm. It's a good conversation. This was a good conversation. Anything we left on the table you want to tie up? I don't think so. There's not much. There, there's no tying up. It's it's an ongoing <laughs> exactly thing for me. I I think my whole point of why it's kind of dominate, not dominated, but continues to pop up for me Mm -hmm. is because, uh, I don't like the idea of 
people making it or surviving just to get to the next thing they're looking forward to. I yeah. don't like it. Yeah. And I've done it. Oh, yeah. Me too. I've been in a situation where it's like, man, you know, why do we all love Fridays? Why do we all love yeah. holidays? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's always like, oh, I just got to get to this time where I can not do this thing I hate or whatever. And it's just like, I, that can't be. Yeah. I think working jobs that do not align with people's giftings and their purpose uh, really set the table for that for a lot of people. That's very true. Um, I would say long term. Uh, I would also say that sometimes you do things you just have to do. You have to. Yeah. We've all, I, anybody has lived enough. And you can enough. still be, have hope today. Not. Yeah. Not even like, well, there's a hope that one day I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. Because I've felt that with painting, to be honest. Oh, I'm sure. There's a hope That's that hard one work. day. But then, I'm, but then I catch myself. I'm like, what? why can't you be hopeful in this moment? Yeah. Like, you, like maybe you're physically overdoing this, but yeah. how, can you, how can you have hope in this present moment? How can you accept this moment for exactly what it is mm-hmm. and just be like, Hey man, I'm not saying you're like overly joyful, like or anything like that, but you just accept it. It's like okay, yeah. that's what this is. Right but now. It, it does lead into that next idea of joy. Like, yeah. what does it look like uh-huh. to have joy? Because joy is more than just happiness or being elated yes. with the things that you're doing in your circumstances. Yes, joy is deeper than that. And to me, the hope joy the hope joy connection is even stronger. When hope is not this future thing. Yeah. When hope is this like, oh, my hope is is in the fact that I'm not alone in yeah. this. In this moment, in right this now. In this moment, I'm not alone. Whatever it, I'm doing. It may, quote unquote, suck as far as my human de- definition of this. Yeah. But I'm not alone. Man, I'm, I'm so... And, and that's where joy comes from. Yeah. Like, joy has nothing to do with the circumstance. Yeah. Richard Rohr calls it the withness, mm-hmm. the withness being, and that's multiple layers and levels. That's being with God, knowing God is with me, yeah, and I am with myself. Yeah, I'm in my body. I'm in the moment, mm-hmm. and I am in the participation of this moment, knowing that God is here with me. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's not easy. It's very hard. <laughs> very hard. It gets, it can get easier the more you really start to believe that. But yes. there's still difficult moments. They'll take you right out of it and you got to get back in. Here, here's my parting statement. Yeah. To equate hope with a future outcome is 100% egoic. I would agree with that. And I would also add to that that it is a 100% guaranteed recipe for resentment uh-huh. and failure. Oh, sure. Sure. Because it's, it's never going to be in the right. thing you think it is. Or, or let's say you get, quote-unquote, lucky and you have a string of things 
that do work out the way you want them to. Well, guess what? Like I said before, there's always, and but then you're always like, okay, what's the next? Yeah. What's the next thing? I'm, because wherever you go, there you are. So, you're still yep. in your ego. You're trapped in your your your. This self. current moment is not enough. Yes. This yes. is not enough for me. Yeah. I need better. I need yeah relief. I need. It's like all ego. It's it's ego. Ego always feeds into greed, feeds into more. It's never enough. And and that desire for constantly wanting to mm-hmm. claw and grab will keep you from being in mm-hmm. the here and the now. Yep. Because if you're satisfied and content with the moment and the here and now, there's no need to grab. Mm-hmm. There's no need to yeah. look ahead. Right. You can be thankful that you know there is providence yeah. ahead. Yes. And that God's going to take care of you ultimately. And this is not connected to planning either. No. Like there's it's, wisdom in planning. Yeah. You need to plan things. But it's 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 this deeper level. So in other words, if you're if you're planning so that you can control the future for yourself. Yeah. Then that's a deep that then that's that's a deeper issue. Yeah. But if you're saying but if you're planning like, hey, I want to get healthy, and so in in next in the next month I want to lose 15 pounds, well, you have to plan to do that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's the it's a it's a layer below that that I think we're speaking on. Yeah, and a and plane below that, and just in the practi- practical like self help world, you know, failure to plan is a plan to fail. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got to put you can talk about all all the the ways that you're going to to make positive mm-hmm. impact and change and difference all you yeah. want to. Yeah. But if it's just words and you don't put actions to it, it's never right. going to happen. That's right. That's just physics. <laughs> well, I would say as a as a uh parting did I say that already. Yeah. <laughs> but more of a question to you the listener is you know what what do you have hope in like what are you putting your hope in yeah um and not necessarily desires i think desires are okay yeah um but what is your like life's hope in yeah um and is there is there a way do you think it's possible to have hope in every moment in spite of the circumstance or whatever pain or crap you're dealing with is there is it possible for you to hang on to the hope that you're not alone hmm. in this moment? That's the hope we have, not the hope that one day it'll be better. Because one, we don't know that. Yeah. Two, let's say it does, and now you're dealing with something else, and you need more hope for a future outcome again. And it's just the cycle. So, can we have hope? In the, in the belief that we're not alone, that God's with us. Hmm. Emmanuel. Uh, Emmanuel. God oh. with us. Yes. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, uh, this ain't our Christmas episode. No, but... Hope you had a Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Podcast world. <laughs> I'm sure you had a great Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great question to leave on. Uh, as always... Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, for all things Idiopod, check us out on idiopod.com. And if you liked uh, this new foray into more of a conversational 
topical discussion uh, with Shane and I, or would even like uh, for us to bring in other voices into something more like that that's a little less story-driven, mm-hmm. uh, please reach out to us, social media, our email, idiopodcast at gmail.com, on our website, idiopod.com. Reach out to us. Let us know. Uh if this is a direction that you would like some things to go, maybe not always. You know, I think story will always be a part of what we do. Mm-hmm. But uh, until next time, bye.